Medicare for all. Your bros can suck my balls. Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys. Just listen to reply, guys. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. The leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. I am Kate COVID Willett. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Kate has COVID. Uh, and I'm Julia Claire. And Julia, I'm not COVID Claire. <laughs> Julia, negative Claire. Uh, negative for COVID Claire. And I love... I, I I'm so sorry. Kate is uh, Kate's really not feeling not feeling very well, uh, obviously. And this is a reminder to everyone who lives in densely populated areas or not. Um, you, you still got to be vigilant out there. Um, not that Kate is not vigilant. It just means that it's like it's spreading a lot. I mean, I wasn't that vigilant. I mean, and I went to a friend's. His friend was taping his album recording. Um, or I guess it was like more of a special. Maybe an album too. I don't know. Excuse me. Um, but I went to that event, and that had like you know probably a hundred people at it, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that it's, you know, it's, like, been a few years, and it's, like, you want to do something that, uh, Albert. <laughs> it's My cat is just being so, the worst. It's been a few years, and, you know, or a couple of years, and you want to do, do stuff and, like, see people and attend social yeah. events. But I went, and I got COVID, and, you know, having COVID sucks, so. Sure does. Yeah. Sure does. Um, yeah, well, I'm so sorry about that. And also, um, you know, Albert is voicing his, his disdain about, about it as well, as you can, as our audience can hear. What would this show be without cat sounds? I don't... Especially my cats are so noisy. I feel like June never interrupts the show. No, no she... Sometimes she'll, like, walk across, but it's very rare. She... This is... We usually... I feel like every time we're recording, she's asleep. Um, but she, and yeah, she, she's not a big meower. There are quite a few reviews, reviews on Apple podcasts of the show that mention the cats, that they like the cat content. Um, and if that's you, thank you. A man came to see me at a show in Montana and asked me how Little Pearl was doing. (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he wanted the info on little pearl um i love i love that she is canonically little pearl yeah like you only call her little pearl she's just well she is little she's weird and small and mean it's yeah yeah it's either it's either little pearl or little tiny pearl yeah um i yeah i do i call i call june little june quite a bit or little junie oh um she's so cute she's, she's my everything yeah um yeah so are obviously we're both losing our fucking minds and we needed our cats really we needed our cats for emotional support this week um it's been a bad time i don't know quite how to articulate what i'm about to say but i'm going to give it a, give it a shot i think that there is this 
and I'm not the first person to say this probably, but there is this broader trend that's happening right now in the culture where we're in a culture of backlash, of like reactionary movements. Um, there's obviously been a huge backlash to me too, which is funny to me because it. <laughs> I feel like me too barely made a dent in a lot of ways. Um, like if you go down the list of everyone who was all of the abusers who were kind of exposed in the Me Too movement, most of them are still working and have uh, evaded many real consequences. Like uh, Bill Cosby was released from jail after two years and his conviction was overturned. Fucking I, disgusting. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, you can make the, like Harvey Weinstein, I don't know where, I mean, I, what's, he probably, what's he up to? I don't know. What's he up to? Where, where's our guy? Um, <laughs> it sounds like we should, someone should be keeping an eye on him. Um, and I won't name any names out of fear of retribution, but all of the, uh, the com- the male comedians who have been exposed In- are still working, including the pedophiles. That's right. Which is what I thought was going to be the line. And I did think that I was, was like, be the all line. right. You know, I thought I thought maybe I thought maybe we would, as a society, be like, okay, let's draw the line at um, underage. Yeah, I mean, because it's like girls. I think. You know, we've seen in, like, some of the Me Too stuff, you know, that people will find a way to rationalize, okay, well, you know, maybe this was more consensual than they're saying or whatever, just, you know, whatever BS. But I thought for sure in the instances where there were, like, kids involved, that people would be like, well, clearly that can't be consensual because they're children. But no. Yep. Yeah. No, but they're... I mean, if you want to get really dark, there is a strain of, I mean, libertarianism and a strain of, like, ultimate, like, real cultural conservatism would ultimately move to, like... Child brides. Yeah, lower or abolish age of consent laws. Yeah. Um... And it just feel It all feels bad. And it's... You know, you can even think about this, the current entertainment culture that we're in right now with art, where like the only movie, it seems like the only movies being made are like comic book movies. Um, I liked everything everywhere all at once. That was really good. Yes. I'm not saying that independent movies don't don't still exist. Yeah. They absolutely do. But the ones that get a big theatrical release, the ones that get released in theaters, by and large, are like comic book movies. Yeah, you're right. And they're these huge, expensive... They're candy. They're fine. If you enjoy them, that's fine. But that... It, it's kind of becoming like comic book movie hegemony (laughs) and um and there is just something that feels very fascistic about that about how like the 
like everything is hyper capitalistic. Everything is just this like sanitized stuff for kids. I'm sorry if you like comic book movies and shit like that, but like not you personally, but like anyone listening, I'm sorry if if you do, that's fine. Um but it can't be the only thing that gets made. And then I don't know. I I just I And there's also this like weird prudishness that's happening with with uh, Gen Z that's very funny too. Man, well, okay. So tell me how you see the prudishness cuz I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Oh, just the like the debate about how well, first of all, it's Gen Z is having like less sex than every prior generation. And also a lot of a lot of uh, Zoomers were the ones who were like, I hate gratuitous sex scenes in movies. I hate yeah. there's so many unnecessary sex scenes in movies. And it's like people have sex. It's like a big part of our lives on Earth. Yeah. So uh. I don't know. I was reading this book recently um, called The Rights of Sex. Feminism in the 21st century. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, but the author's name was Amiya Srinivasan. And this book, sorry that I sound so weird again. I just want to emphasize I have COVID. So um, yeah, this book was talking about, uh, she's a professor and she was talking about teaching her Gen Z students. And a lot of them have extremely conflicted feelings about pornography, which... Mm -hmm. I get, right? Because it was like, I don't know. I was, I am like right about the age to be like kind of quintessential right in the middle of it, third wave sex positive feminism. The um, the earlier kind of, you know, anti-porn, that, that, that stuff was not part of the feminism that I experienced whatsoever. Like if anything, when I was in college, it was like become a stripper, it's empowering and just like all that shit. <laughs> You know, and I, I definitely think what this book does well that I liked is it, it talks about the, you know, complexity of things of like, yeah, there's a, there's a reason we landed on the like pro porn side of stuff, but you know, there is some downsides to porn as well. Like, I mean, I know people, I don't know about you, but I know people who have ruined their lives with pornography and certainly I know people that by no people. I mean, I've slept with people that you can just tell that all their you can tell they're all their yeah, sex they... shit comes from porn. And I've I've said that on the internet and gotten like massively yeah. yelled at for being a swerf, which I'm absolutely not. I think that sex Ugh, work is work. Come on, I think that porn it's... should be legal. But it's weird that we can't really talk about this stuff without having people immediately assume that it's like the wrong thing. And so I see why Gen Z has kind of become a bit reactionary with it. You know. I, I understand that as well, but and I think that I thought that we were ultimately headed in the right direction because I never felt really connected to the, like, sex work is empowering and, like, that whole side of things. That seemed, that seemed like some, like, a very kind of convenient theory, uh, 
But I thought we were coming around to a place where we were like, well, no, sex work isn't necessarily empowering. It's just a job. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's not a job. A job. Jobs are not empowering. Like, I, like, one of my good friends is a stripper, and she's always, like, she's, like, very big into, like, sex work advocacy, but her whole thing is, like, it's a job. I do my job, and I don't want to be fucking, like, I don't want to deal with the shit that comes with having, like, a pretty unregulated industry. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's just unfortunate and weird that our culture sucks so much at talking about sex because, I don't know, there's just a lot to say about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And this reactionary impulse of, I think, from younger people who are kind of tired of the, like, sex positivity, rah, rah. Like, I I get it, honestly, because... I get it. I get it, too. I... I mean, I think that there, I think that sex positivity and everything has been, you know, like every progressive movement, every step forward, it has been co-opted by some bad actors. Men, namely. I mean, the reason, the thing that makes me kind of, I think I've just had like the language of sex positivity and like feminist sexuality just weaponized against me to get me to suck so much dick i didn't really want to suck to be honest with you i have covid so i'm just i'm popping off you know but yeah it's just like they, no totally totally like, and just there's the idea I mean, that to fuck you have to be a good feminist to fuck i have vi- you know no, you have to fuck to be a good feminist mm-hmm. the other way around I, like i've i have had my boundaries violated and i violated my own boundaries so many times especially mm-hmm. when i was younger because i thought that you know having a lot of sex is part of being a good feminist i think that idea was like especially big at the beginning of totally the, uh, 2010s or whatever you know and it's just like i don't know do whatever you want i describe myself now as sex neutral i am neither sex negative nor sex positive it just depends on what you want to do yourself you yeah know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was so much, uh, so much of that, like, third wave sex positivity, like, pro-porn, like, we, not even, it's not even pro-porn, maybe, it's just that, like, like, I was, I was never into being consistent, I, I was never into the idea of, tr- of someone trying to convince me that porn is actually good, it's like a societal good, um, and sometimes maybe it can be. I don't know. I feel like 99% of what's out there is enforces a lot of really like misogynistic fucked up and stuff. And perhaps even more importantly, most people are consuming porn for free, meaning mm-hmm. that, you know, those workers, they're not getting residuals or whatever for when you're jerking off to that stuff or, you know, like... A key part of having porn be ethical is that if people are the the people who are acting it and produce it are being appropriately compensated. Yeah, I um Lisa Traeger has a great bit about that. About how uh, like um 
men love porn but won't pay for it. Yeah. And um, how she she's like convinced a lot of people through that bit to like pay, start paying for porn. That's so funny. <laughs> but speaking of porn, I think I think maybe a former reply guy of the week. Uh, maybe maybe in the running for uh, for repeat performance. Is it J.D. Vance? Is it, um, it sure is. It sure is J.D. Vance. Oh, nice. <laughs> so J.D. Vance, as many of us will know, you know, noted charlatan, noted dumb guy. Uh, he recently won the Republican nomination, uh, the primary nomination nomination in Ohio um, for is it for the Senate? Yeah. For the Senate? I mean, God help us. Uh, but he said that... Uh, yeah, okay. Here it is. Ohio Republican Senate nominee J.D. Vance has called for a total ban on porn. He suggests porn is responsible for mass shootings along with abortion. He previously declared porn a public health crisis. How much is this man jerking off? I mean, that's what I said. I'm, <laughs> you like, are just admitting that you can't stop jerking off. And like if they were going to if if there was somebody running, let's say somebody who didn't have you know, other terrible beliefs that was like mm-hmm. going to run on making Twitter illegal, it'd be really tempting for us to support that person, right? Because right. we were like, "Oh my god, my life would be so so much improved better if this was not part of it." You know, and I think that's got to be what what our uh, jerk off D Vance is doing. But you know what? You know what's so funny? So J.D. Vance is obviously he's very conservative. He's a huge reactionary. He's evangelical. Um, I won't even address the that porn is responsible for mass shootings. Porn and abortion are responsible for mass shootings because that is lunacy. And it. Has Not no that factual. kind of mass shooting, Julia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Ew. Oh my I'm god. Canceled. I'm See? kicking you off this podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's just it's it's just an insane thing to say and has no factual basis. It has no basis in reality. But I will say, as someone who comes uh, from the, you know, I spent time in the evangelical tradition. Porn is such a, it's just such a huge talking point um, among evangelicals. And when you make it into this boogeyman, I can say this from experience, like when you tell yourself, I'm not allowed to have this thing, this thing is so bad. And like, it makes you want it more. So we know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just rem- I'm just I don't know. I'm just I just I I have a lot of like evangelical flashbacks whenever I uh when I see old old JD playing yeah. this this song and dance um because it's like there's literally so Jerry Falwell's university um Liberty University has a group on campus and I'm sure that other evangelical universities have this as well, but it's called, it's called every man's battle. 
and it's literally like a club of guys who talk about how they can't stop jerking it. And I imagine that, I mean, I just think that that's where it all comes from. It's like, I can't stop because I've made it into this like idol in my head almost because I've, I'm, I talk all the time about how bad it is. Well, I mean, it's normal to jerk it for guys probably every day, right? Almost. I don't know. I'm not a guy. Yeah. I don't know. I know that when I, yeah, when I tried to stop when I was an evangelical, when I really, really tried to stop, it was, again, it just like made it such a, it just made it so much of a bigger thing in my head. I mean, for myself, yeah, maybe it's like because sex is so available or whatever. I'll, I'll like literally go months sometimes forgetting that sex is even like a thing that exists. <laughs> like I'll just, I mean, that's maybe that's bad. Maybe that's like people being just worn down by capitalism and everyone having less sex. But I'm definitely one of the people that I'm just like so fucking exhausted from all the work I have to do all the time that mm. I, I don't know. It's pretty rare that I'm like, yeah, I want to get laid. Because then. Really? I mean, yeah, it kind of goes in phases. Well, yeah, I mean, well, no, I'm I'm talking, I'm talking specifically about masturbating, which is what J.D. Vance is talking about. Yeah. And again, it's like he's announcing to the world that he cannot stop watching porn and jerking off to the point that he wants a legal ban on it which is so funny i'm gonna try walking in my room to see if albert will stop crying i'm bringing my (laughs) audio set up in there keep talking i just i just want to know how that would even work how he would try to ban it yeah i guess like have websites block it or something i mean i don't know i'm sure there's a technical way but there would be like underground porn for sure yeah, and there's already like such a disgusting black market for for underground stuff. I don't know. I don't even want to think about this. I feel like we should get off this topic, but I just I just think it's funny that that is his that's like a legislative priority for him when it's clearly just like a person it's his personal issue. Can't stop jerking off Vance. I love that. That's the real hillbilly allergy. It's an, al- <laughs> it's an allergy for his d- d- exhausted stuff. His, you know, he's just <sighs> never. It's, he, he broke it. He he did it too much. <laughs> he's just the he's just the worst person. And it's and you know what makes me so angry, and I'm sure you too, is that like the only reason why he is where he is is because liberals gave him a platform yeah the libs simply love a good fascist don't they yeah and it's so funny it's it's so funny that there were just like a lot of libs who didn't really because that book came out in 2016 and i read it and i was like this is right-wing propaganda (laughs) but that's what libs simply love right-wing propaganda i know and i was just (laughs) like this is i was like are people not seeing this yeah and they didn't they didn't i when in fact when i would talk to people about it i would be like yeah it's like drawing all the wrong conclusions 
But I mean, okay, so like looking at that book for a second, you know, this whole sort of like idea that, you know, it's really just, it's the culture that's keeping people down, you know, and like the moral weakness and the drugs. Like Libs also believe that. I mean, like Libs don't want a society where everyone has their basic needs met. Maybe they like pretend they do, but they won't actually like support the stuff that would lead us there, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think that the difference, you know, in terms of like the liberal version of that is it's like the Obama, like technocrat, like we're going to learn to code and have like, and everyone's going to become a TV writer, which will be very diverse. And like, it's just like, I, I don't know. It's it's very conf- it's very confusing. And we're I know gonna that- learn to code as a societal <laughs> yeah. band aid. Well, just yeah, this I idea that. that like everybody can be, you know. I think that like liberals definitely are in that um, you know equality of opportunity bunch where it's like people should be able to go to college in some way, you know, even if they have like a bunch of loans to pay back and that you, you can make it to that like professional class of person, um, no matter, you know, what your race or sexuality or, or any of that stuff. But I mean, like even in the liberal fantasy, there's still a bottom rung, you know, like there's mm. still, there's still an underclass and that feels not that much different than what J.D. Vance is putting out there. Yeah, he is just such a charlatan. He's just, he is a figure that I think could only exist in America, in present day America. I hate him. I hate him too. He's a bad man. I just, again, I cannot believe, like, how stupid do you think people are that you're like porn and abortion are the reason why we have a mass shooting problem? Yeah, I mean, it's. I There's probably multiple reasons we have a mass shooting problem, but I would say that those ones would not make it on the list. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> it's like. I want to know what the connection that he thinks. I, I would love to hear him try to explain how abortion is the reason why we have mass shootings. Yeah, yeah that's very... Uh, yeah, I can't even really think of because it. Because porn, I assume, it's like the video game's defense. It's like, we're just create Like, or whatever. It's... There's something... Like, okay. But yeah, abortion, my guy? I First of all, it's not even going to be legal anymore at the federal level and oh there was also that horrible op-ed in or it wasn't an op-ed actually it was like a staff writer um at the new yorker who was like what about pro-life OBGYN students what like yeah i was just like why are we doing this Dude, okay, I refused to dissect a cat in in um, high school because we had, I was in the anatomy and I opted out of dissecting a cat because it was way too upsetting to me to do that. A cat? We had a frog and I opted out of that too. 
And, well, yeah, no, there was cats, and I was like, I'm not doing it. And my anatomy teacher was like, you can do the alternative assignment, but just so you know, if you're going to be like this, you can never be a doctor. And I'm like, okay, I can never be a doctor. <laughs> and I think that that's the same with uh, the pro-life students, you know? You shouldn't be able to be a doctor if you won't perform a certain procedures. Yeah, because as we've discussed on the show, there are a number of conditions like having an atopic pregnancy where the only treatment for it is abortion so yeah. you better fucking if you're an OBGYN you better fucking learn how to do that unless you want your patients to die and then you're not pro-life now are you yeah I mean well even like you know even voluntary abortions even if it's just abortion because you don't want to have a baby that's like you should have to do that if you're a doctor, I think. I know. Again, and if you're an OBGYN, like, if you're anti-choice, why are you becoming an OBGYN in the first place? Yeah, actually. Ghoul? No, you can be a sinus doctor. You yeah, know? go Yeah, go be an ear, nose, and throat doctor and leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. Cure my COVID. I don't care. You know, but... Cure Kate's COVID. That's what we're all saying. Why, don't, why won't someone write an op-ed in The New Yorker about curing Kate's COVID? Many people are saying that I hope I don't have COVID soon. That's right. I hate having COVID. It sucks so bad. Sorry, this episode's all over the place. This I... episode, I was just going to say the same thing. This episode is insane. We sound crazy. We will be back with a regular episode with an interview next week. Um, so we want to talk about, for a few minutes before we, uh, we, we sign off here, so we want to talk about this terrible, terrible ruling um, in the uh, Johnny Tap Amber Heard trial. Sure, let's let's do it. Um I mean What a that, nightmare. Yeah, that's another uh, that's obviously another reason why I think we are in kind of like a a fascist vibe shift. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The um, vibe shift. The vibe shift is fascism and you know, just the fact that a domestic violence trial became such a spectacle uh is I think evidence of that because it was not a spectacle in the way that like people wanted to see a powerful man held accountable. They wanted to see a woman who they thought was a liar, um, quote unquote, held accountable. And I was talking about this. If, this will be a you know whatever you whatever you think about this trial about this trial and about the specifics or whatever this will be this is going to be a precedent set for domestic abusers in perpetuity absolutely and i think you know a thing is about this is she didn't even name him in the op-ed that she wrote. Right. She, she calls herself a figure representing domestic violence. And this ruling means, I mean... It means that you don't even have to name your abuser to yeah. be to be successfully sued for defamation. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and, you know, there was, there have been reporters who have said that, like, in their, in their area, hundreds of women are 
you know, after the ruling, pulling their lawsuits, pulling their criminal cases um, on their abusers. And it's not because those women are lying. It's because they think they're going to lose because and I don't know. I mean, honestly, in hindsight, why did I ever think that the American justice system was going to uh, (laughs) do the right thing in this situation? I first of all, I can't believe that the jury was not sequestered. I think that that is I mean, they... Yeah, how could they not be influenced by all this? I cannot wrap my head around that. Second of all, because... (laughs) I mean, it's it's so confusing because she... uh, Amber Heard was also... She won a libel countersuit against Johnny Depp's lawyer who called her allegations of... um, domestic violence against him a hoax so if we're acknowledging that it's not a hoax how is she still guilty of defamation and also i mean as everyone has noted he was found guilty in a a court in the uk uh which has pretty strict defamation laws and it was found that there was evidence of 12 instances of abuse. Yeah. So I don't know. And I don't, there's some figures on the left that I, I'm pretty surprised and grossed out that um, defending Johnny Depp and defaming Amber Heard uh, is the hill that they want to die on. But I can't be entirely surprised i mean again this is just this is a country this is a culture that believes that women are liars yeah i mean and it's like the thing is is okay so even if amber heard is a completely nutty person which i'm sure she is yeah exactly i mean she was like i think she has an instance of being charged with domestic violence towards another partner too. But that doesn't mean that Johnny Depp isn't, right? Like that doesn't, like none of this, like what she did is sort of irrelevant to the question of whether he is an abuser, which has already been proven, you know? So Also, it's very funny that he was like, this is the thing that's costing him all these movie roles, which by the way, he's still working and I think the thing that is costing him movie roles is the fact that he hasn't made a good movie in 20 years. <laughs> and he's like, there's been, you know, instances of him showing up drunk on set, not knowing his lines, having to be fed his lines, stuff like that. Maybe that has more to do with it than an op-ed in the Washington Post where he is not named. Yeah. I don't know. He's a fucking loser. Yeah, he This really... It really fucking sucks. I hate him. I loved, like, honestly, I loved him growing up in, there were there was like a bunch of his movies that I really liked. I loved, you know, Edward Scissorhands and What's Eating Gilbert Grape and, um, you know, I just, yeah, obviously when I was a child, I really liked the I really liked the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um, but I think this is this is proof that like no amount of 
positive feelings I had towards an actor or a public figure will ever make me defend them. Oh, yeah. Like, again, we've talked about this before, that, like, I was... Louis was, like, probably my favorite comedian besides John Mulaney. Yeah. Um, it It's a huge bummer when these people... It's, like, it's really disappointing when these people whose art you loved becomes tainted by knowing what they're really like. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm laughing because I heard of a story of someone hanging out with Louis and this is someone that was cool with Louis, but they were like, Louis was like, hey, you want to come hang out in my hotel room? And the guy, it was a guy and the guy just looked at him like, uh, <laughs> she's like. I think even the people that are friends with Louis are like, I don't want to see that guy's dick. Yeah. And like, he's. You know, he's around. He's working. Yeah. He really is. There's no such thing as being canceled for these guys. There's, like, no matter how much they want you to believe there is, uh, there just isn't. There are barely consequences for these men. Also, I don't know why this is, but... Um, recently I've just, I've had to go on Facebook more because I'm selling a bunch of furniture and, uh, on Facebook marketplace and the Johnny Depp Dior ad, like the commercial that he's in for like whatever fragrance it is like Sauvage. Yeah. Um, it comes up all the time and I'm just like, what? And it's it's not a recent commercial. It's from like at least five years ago. So I'm like, why is this happening? This all feels really weird. Yeah, I mean the the Daily Wire spent a bunch of money pushing Johnny Depp, like pro Johnny Depp content, and so did um, Johnny Depp himself. There was mm-hmm. like a firm that was hired. Um, this episode has really been a mess and I'm so sorry to our listeners. Uh, I, I should have been more organized to be honest, because I'm the one of us who is well and has a somewhat of a clear mind right now. So I apologize to you, Kate, and I apologize to our listeners. Please don't stop listening just because this episode was a mess. Hopefully um, it won't have COVID after this. We don't know, right? We don't it's know. Real, we'll it's never real know. roll of the die, but yeah. Um, but we'll see. But um, thanks everybody for, for continuing to stick with us. We love you. And uh, if you can throw us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, that always really helps uh, if you haven't done so already. We read every single one of them. And uh, we would, we just, we, it helps other people find the show. So we'll be back with your regularly scheduled leftist nonsense next week. Um, we love you guys. Thanks very much. Thank you. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to Reply Guys. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash reply guys, where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers, journalists, and comedians, with an additional episode uploaded each week. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. 
Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at O Julia Tweets, O-H Julia Tweets. And Twitter is where you can, of course, also find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley this land was made for you and me this land is your land your land